fear, 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 fear. Fear, 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 fear. Fear, 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 fear. Why do you put up with it? I've given you power. I've given you authority to deal with it, to cast it out, to cause it to leave, and then receive peace and joy, and then the joy is my strength, and that strength has caused you to be a conqueror. Don't receive it. Don't look around you. Don't believe what you hear unless you hear it in my word. Fear. No. Fear. No. Fear. No. Fear. No. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Praise God. When we were singing that, that last part there on Be Exalted, what God said to me, which goes right along with what God said through Ken, God said, where are your enemies now? Where, where are your problems now? If, you're, if you get involved in praise and you're exalting him and you're putting yourself there uh, in his presence at his throne, it was just a real simple statement. Where are your enemies now? You're not thinking about them. Therefore, they have no power. Right? Praise God. That was beautiful. Thank you, team, for always being obedient to the Spirit of God. Y'all can be seated. Looks like some people might have been a little concerned about the rain. We're going to have church anyway. Balcony. Good morning, balcony dwellers. I always got the Joneses up there to keep me straight. Well, I think it's interesting. I love the new song, by the way. Song boy. Like the new song. I call him song boy. <laughs> Worship leader. Um, I thought that was great. And I found it interesting that it talked about God being sovereign. Because we're going to talk about that today. And I didn't know they were going to do that song. And they didn't know what I was going to teach on. We're actually going to call it partnering with God. But if we're, if we're honest, there's been times that we've prayed. And we didn't see what we wanted to see. We don't often talk about these things in church, but there's times that we've prayed and, and, and we didn't see what we felt like we should see. We didn't see the change that we desired. And the religious, and I, I'm using religious here, is not talking about true Christianity, okay? The religious, the scribes and Pharisees' answer to that would be God is sovereign, your prayer wasn't answered. What, what you're believing for didn't happen because God is sovereign. He did what he wanted. God did what he wanted. And I agree that God is sovereign. There is no truer statement. God is sovereign. He is God and there is none other. Okay? He's it. But God, in his sovereignty, made decisions about how humanity was going to walk on the earth. And until we understand this, then we're going to do what I'm going to call stupid thing of praying and acting like we believe God when we have no idea what his will is. 
You can't have faith if you don't know the will of God. You can't have faith if you don't know what the Word of God says on it. And so we do this stupid thing of praying, basically begging God to do something, and then we act disappointed when it doesn't happen. And then our answer to it not happening is, God is sovereign. He didn't want it to happen, so it didn't happen, or it happened and He wanted it to happen. And why pray? I mean, that's what my brain says. If God's just up there and he's going to make the decision, and Laney, your prayer doesn't matter, or your faith, your trust and belief in him doesn't matter, then I'm wasting my breath because he's just going to do what he wants to do anyway, or else I didn't beg hard enough or cry enough or make it look pitiful enough. But we have to deal with... Everybody, Christians all over the world are wondering why their prayer was not answered. They may not ask it in church, but they want to know. And that's how many, many Christians end up, end up mad at God. They end up mad at Him. And so then that breaks their relationship. They never get the answers that they're looking for because they're offended. When God set this thing up, on the earth, in the garden, he told man, you tend it and you keep it. And you tell me who was supposed to be doing what. And we want to look to God and say, God, here's the earth. You tend it and you keep it. But God and man, mankind... God and mankind partnering together was always the plan of God, is the plan of God, and will be the plan of God, even in the new heavens and the new earth. We'll be governing the earth together. And the reason we're in some of the messes that the earth is in is because man sat down on his pew and left everything to the hands of God when God had placed it in the hands of man. And when we, when we get to a place where we understand this, we'll start walking in the authority that God gave mankind. And you know what's really interesting? I can remember my dad and, and I think it was Charles Capps, probably the first person that I ever heard say it. it was, you know, I grew up around Charles as a child. That all you need is a birth certificate to walk in authority in the earth. Because even all the devils in hell can't keep you from making Jesus as Lord. You as a human, but you're not even born again yet. And you, he, they can't stop you. That ought to show us something. And then we, we get our Christianity, we get our saved from hell card, and we come sit on a pew. No, this is the powerful moment. This is the powerful moment in the earth. And, and I'm excited about it. Because I believe more and more believers are coming into an understanding that, that God wants to partner with them during this age so that 
God has an input into the earth. You know, if God could just zap something on you, there would not be a hungry child on this earth. Whatever happened to you would not have happened to you if God could just intervene because he just wanted to intervene. No, he set it up a certain way. He's so true to his word, he will not break his own word. If he has spoken it, it is. And he won't turn back on it. So let's lay a little foundation today, okay? I know this is maybe just rehashing some things for you regular RCC people. We have so many new people in the church right now. And so I just felt like we were supposed to go back to Genesis. We won't read the whole thing, but let's go to Genesis 1 and lay some groundwork. I'm going to be reading uh, the first several scriptures out of the Amplified. So if you have a device uh, that you're reading from, you're welcome. My device people can look all of these up until I tell you otherwise out of the Amplified. Genesis 1, verse 26. God said, Let us, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make mankind in our image and after our likeness. What is mankind designed like? God. His image, his likeness, the way he does things. In fact, he tells us to imitate him as dear children. To imitate him as dear children. means we watch and we see how God does things and we do things accordingly. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beast over all the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. That's a powerful moment. God didn't take his word back. Man messed up. This was the first Adam. But we have a last Adam. And that was Jesus Christ. And he put us back in such a right standing with God. Through us receiving his gift of righteousness. That we can stand in this place. Genesis 1.26 today. Look at Genesis 2.15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and guard and keep it. He put man in the garden. He said, you tend to it, you guard it, and you keep it. What did man do? He didn't guard it. (laughs) He didn't guard it. Serpent comes in. All Adam had to do was say, get out. My goodness, he could control elephants. 
He, he was controlling this whole system with his words. He wasn't having to beat an elephant. He could control this whole system. With, why? Because he was made like, he was a function like God. And so he controlled this whole thing. And in comes a serpent, deceives Eve. Adam goes along with it, keeps his mouth shut. It's time for it's time for the atoms of the world today to speak up. Time to speak up, time to speak out. And I'm not talking about just for the sake of argument. I mean speak to the, the spirits of the atmosphere, of the air, to use our spiritual warfare and to, and to stop sitting and being silent. Look at uh, Psalm 115, 16. I always love this one because if this doesn't make it plain, I don't know what does. Psalm 115, I'll give you a moment to get there. I tend to get, when I get going, it's hard for me to sit and wait for y'all to turn there. I've got them all printed out in my notes. So just consider it like those speed memory verse things we used to do. I don't know. Y'all probably don't. I'm older than y'all. Um, except for Larry. I saw the, uh, thank you, Larry. Um, we used to have these like speed things where they'd get, say the verse and we'd have to find them real fast. Let's just do that when I give you a verse. Psalm 115, 16. The heavens are the Lord's heavens. And I looked this up in the English Standard Version, which is pretty close to the original text. And, and it read the same way. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth... Has he given to the children of? You know who the earth belongs to? Certainly God is God. And certainly what he has established, he sovereignly, in his sovereignty, established it. In fact, Hebrews 11, y'all are all... If you've come here very long, you know Hebrews 11 is the definition of faith. But we don't often go down to verse 3. And in Hebrews 11:3, he says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. King James Version. Amplified says, By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed. It was fashioned, it was put in order and equipped for their intended purpose. It's actually ages. God in his sovereignty set dispensations and ages to the world. And those things are in his control. We don't control those. We don't control when Jesus is coming back again. That Jesus says he doesn't even know when he's going to return. Because if he knew, he would have to tell us. Because he promised to tell us everything that he knew. And so the Father alone knows when the Son's going to return. That's in I have no control over that. That's not in the earth's control. So by faith we understand that the worlds, the ages were framed by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. I like the vines in that. It says the ages have been prepared. That's in God's hands. That's not in your hands. And, and several times in the last couple of years I've said, Come Lord Jesus. I'm ready. And then this thought comes. They're not. And I go, okay, 
calm down, Susan. It's not time to take flight yet. But you know, there's times that I've said, come Lord Jesus. That's not in my control. All I can do is be ready. All I can do is be ready and try to get the people around me ready. But those things are not in my control. So this is where it gets to where, okay, what's in my control and what's not in my control? What do I pray to God and ask Him to do? And what do I speak to in authority and command to happen? Especially when you start getting into the study of faith, this can get to be really, it's like, I, uh, do I pray and ask God to do this or do I just speak to this? We're going to try to answer some of those questions, okay? If we don't get it to it today, we'll, we'll get to it or I'll have John or Dylan get to it. What's in God's hands? What's in man's hands? I think the real simple answer to this is everything's connected. Um, it's partnering. It's partnering. It's partnering. It's so partnering. Um, so there's not just a real clear thing, but, but by God's delegated authority to us, we wouldn't have this authority if God hadn't delegated it. By God's delegated authority to us, there are things that we can speak to. And by God's delegated authority, there are things that we can pray to Him about in the name of Jesus. And, and we definitely will kind of sort this out by looking at Jesus. So if you'll turn with me to Mark 4. I know this might cause questions, and I hope it does. Jesus loved to ask questions. And so when you, when you have a question, don't just say, I've got a question. Dig for it. And dig for it before you call me. I mean, try to find it first. And then if you think you found it but you're not sure, call, call Dylan and John. And um, they're at the office also and say, hey, I'm, am I thinking right here? We'll bat some things around. I know uh, Brett comes in occasionally and the guys will sit in there and just hash things out. Caleb comes in and they'll hash things out. You know, it's okay uh, for us just to throw some thoughts and some scriptures out at each other and just iron sharpening iron. We may not walk out with the answer, but we'll come out with more understanding than we had before. Don't be afraid of that. And don't just live with a big question mark in your life. Start digging for things. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. The same day when the evening was come, King James Version, sorry. The same day when evening was come, he said to them, to the disciples, let us pass over to the other side. That's what they're going to do. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. Guess where we're going? We're going to go to the other side, boys. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him. And said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? This is so humanity. God, don't you care? Can you not see what we're going through down here? This really kind of irritates Jesus. 
And when you understand authority, then you see why. Jesus arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea. He didn't get up off his pillow, out of his peace, by the way, which he remained in. Get on his knees in the boat and say, Dear Heavenly Father, please take away the storm. Dear Heavenly Father, please make these waves go down. Dear Heavenly Father, please let us make it to the other side. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus is my example. Yes, He is the Son of God. But yes, He is the Son of Man. He made it very plain. That's how Jesus answered people. I'm Son of Man. Son of Man. Son of Man. You know why? Because he had to show us. First of all, he had to come as man. We'll talk about that another time. But he wanted to show us what it looked like for a child of God who is of mankind to walk in his authority under the anointing of his Holy Spirit. What would life look like? Not so that we can just look at it and go, oh, wasn't Jesus special? But oh, oh. This is what it can look like when I can walk in the authority that God's delegated towards me. He stands up. He rebukes the wind. He says to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, what manner of Man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him. You know what manner of man it was? A Genesis kind of man. My dad did a whole sermon one time called an Adam kind of man. This was an Adam kind of man. This is what God intended. Something happens in the earth. Who's supposed to keep it? Who's supposed to guard it? Who's supposed to tend to it? How about you say me? Yes. And that's what Jesus did. But why he was so, why are you so fearful? Why is it you have no faith? Because he knew he should still be sleeping. They should have taken care of it. But they had to wake up Jesus. Some of you trying to wake up Jesus. He's seated. He's not standing up to take care of your business. He took care of your business on the cross. He gave you his authority. He gave you his right standing. He gave you his word. He wants you to stand up. He is seated. He's seated. And so this begging of God, it's a disappointment because we beg and we, we try to act right, we try to do right, we try to earn our prayers answered. And then when that doesn't happen, there's this great heartache and disappointment. And then we walk away from God and He's our only answer. So this message is crucial to the body of Christ. I deal with a lot of hurting people who... who are angry with God because 
this happened. Because they prayed and this happened. What a trick of the devil. To turn you against the one who delegated authority to you. On further down, we're not going to read it, but on further down in chapter 5, after we've seen Jesus command the, the wind and the sea, we see him commanding an unclean spirit to come out of a man. Jesus had authority to do that. He had authority to do that. Luke 10 gives us the authority to do that. Jesus said he gave us the authority to do that. So unclean spirits, no different than the wind and the waves. You have a right. And with rights comes responsibilities. You have a right and a responsibility. If you come across an unclean spirit, to command it out. To command it to leave. We've had it happen a few times around here, not very often, but when it happens, I was so, I was so proud of us, John, that day. And, and, you know, I go back to the scripture where Jesus said, don't rejoice because the Spirit's... He's like, that. don't even... That's nothing. That's what Jesus told them. The disciples were, like, so excited because the, the Spirit's had to, you know, they could command the Spirit's out. And they were like, whoo, Jesus, you not believe what we just did down here. And Jesus is like, what? Don't even rejoice over that. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's what he said. Honestly, I, I, I don't know but what a non-believer couldn't cast a spirit out. Just on their own birth certificate. They're a human and they have a right to be here. And the evil spirits are not human. They do not have a right to be here. Interesting thought. We can bat that around in the office, Brett. And then in Luke... We see Jesus pray for a man named Simon Peter. But he prayed for Simon Peter. He didn't command Simon Peter. Let's look at it, won't you? Luke 22. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. The ESV. Luke 22. Go all the way down to verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. This is right before Simon Peter denied Jesus. And, and he didn't look at Peter and say, I command strength into you. I command your faith to be strong. You know why Jesus didn't do that? Because he couldn't. Because if you go back to Genesis, you'll never find where he gives one person authority to command into another. Now, I know your brains are going to go a little haywire right there. But because he didn't give us authority over another human being, that's why we have the need for submission. Rusty does not have authority over me unless I submit to Rusty. 
Scripture right above that part says, submit you to one another. Why? Because Ricardo doesn't have authority over me. But if I work for Ricardo, I will submit myself to Ricardo or submit to my, myself to, to you as a sister in Christ or, or to you as the body of Christ if, if you're my Sunday school teacher. Or, and, and, and Satan has so messed up the word submission that we've, we've not seen the power of it. We pray for people. We pray about circumstances and situations that are not put in our authority. If it's not put in your authority, then you, you and God talk about it. You converse about it. When you're praying for someone to be saved, you don't command somebody to be saved. You don't have that right. You weren't, you weren't given that authority. But my goodness, you can take authority over the, the principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You can, you can ask God to send laborers across their path to minister the truth to them. You can love them. And most often in prayer, when you're praying for somebody else, oftentimes God will start working on you and how you can position yourself in that person's life to help God bring about what needs to be brought in that person's life. But you don't have authority to command. Jesus didn't command Peter. Not like he did the unclean spirit, not like he did the wind and the waves. In fact, this is so, man, my mind was just blah this morning. See if I can untangle this and get it out to you. It's so true that even after Jesus would minister to a demon-possessed person and he, he had authority over the spirit, he didn't have authority over the man, the spirit could come back if the man was willing and bring many more with him. The scripture says. So, I mean, that's how powerful. That's how much God respects your will. He chose to give man a will. He wanted you to will to know him. He wanted you to will to love him. He wanted you to will to walk in his ways. How beautiful is that? How powerful is that? See, God's not going to make you get saved today. And man, he'd love it if you did. He's not going to make you walk with him on a daily basis and get to know him, his true character, not what religion has shown you, but his true, the heart of the Father. He's not going to make you do that, but he sure wants you to. And that's when we go and we pray for other people and we talk to God about it. This, that's the conversation. Maybe you need a circumstance to change at work. You don't have authority to change that circumstance at work. Why? Because that circumstance probably has to do with people. So what do you do? You talk to God about it. You and God partner together for the good for the, the best outcome. 
And God's a win-win kind of God. Now, I've seen him remove people from workplaces when they would not submit. Uh, I've seen him do that. Uh, we had that happen on one of Rusty's jobs. It was just a tormenting situation. And we prayed what we like to call the get right or take flight prayer. Our desire is to get things right, but if things don't get right, you're going to take flight. And uh, we prayed many, many um, boyfriends and girlfriends out of our children's lives that way. And we're willing for you to get saved, repent, hit your knees, and come before a living God. Uh, but if not, see ya. Send you a Christmas card. Um, these things are, y'all, this is a life. This is life. It's life and death. And we need to know we have, some, we have a, a part to play here. Now, when it comes to our children, children that are, are underage, we definitely have some spiritual authority to walk in. God gave us that. And if your baby's got a fever, walk up to that baby and say, I'm telling that fever, fever you leave my baby in the name of Jesus. I mean, you, you can command that, but an adult or a person that has their own will set, then you and God are going to work together. Either way, you're working with God, but you and God may have to converse for a while about things. Get a game plan, God plan. Keep your, keep your, your understanding out of it. Oh, man, I don't even know where I am in my notes right now. The authority in Genesis never gave us authority over mankind because... Mankind was made in the image and likeness of God. And you don't have authority there. God doesn't even cross that line in his sovereignty. Because in his sovereignty, he set it up the way he set it up. And God won't even cross the line of man's will. And that's why submission to authority is required. You can't just change people. Well, I've prayed for, you know, my cousin or my so-and-so for 25 years. I don't understand why God... God's dealing. Let God deal. God's dealing. Let God deal. But, you know, he can't just change people. Otherwise, our jails would be empty. Our hospitals would be empty. The world would be a happy place. We'd all be yippy-skippy, and it'd be a wonderful... But God can't just change people. So when we go to God and we're talking, when we may just spend a day sometime talking about praying for other people. You pray for them. You do what God tells you to do, which sometimes may be to keep your mouth shut or to act nice. And, and we do what God says, and we let God do His work. Just let Him do His work. And, and don't be disappointed in God because man has a will and God will not cross that line. God partners with us in prayer to give every opportunity. That's what we partner with God for in prayer. We, to give mankind every opportunity to submit their will in that situation. And more than likely, uh, you will be involved in some things to do. I want to give you a quote. Uh, I don't even know if, I don't know this minister well enough. I'm just going to, I don't know this minister well enough to give you his name and, and put that out there for you to, 
read somebody that I haven't read enough of to know where they, where they are. Is that okay? Will you allow me to do that? I know that if I was writing a book, I would have to put it in there, but you're, you're the church. They're quoting, some, they're quoting John Wesley here. They said, as John Wesley once said, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. God does nothing but in answer to prayer. Prayer is therefore not an option for mankind, but it is a necessity for mankind. If we don't pray, heaven cannot interfere in earth's affairs. Which means talking about politics is really doing you no good. Where is that soapbox when I need it? I think it's in my office closet. My dad used to have it up here. You talking about the earth, you talking about what's going on, really doesn't do any good because heaven cannot interfere in earth's affairs if you aren't praying. It is imperative that we take responsibility for the earth. Young people, coming on generation, it is imperative that you take responsibility. And I'm not talking about Mother Earth here, okay? I'm talking about the spiritual warfare that is going on in the earth of good and evil, of God and Antichrist. It is imperative that you see the responsibility for the earth. What happens here is determined by our prayer lives. I don't know what else to say. We've just talked about things. We haven't done anything. Sit on our pews. I say we, and I realize that there's some of you who have, have prayed for many years. This is just a wake-up call. That there are things that you can do. And praying is powerful. It may not be an instant thing like commanding the waves and commanding the wind. But you are giving God an open invitation to do something in this situation. And if you don't give him that invitation, he will not bully his way into that circumstance. In your family, on your job, in politics, in America, whatever. He will not bully his way in until there's an end of an age. The Hebrews 11.3 talks about where those things are in his sovereignty that he will, when he says, Jesus, go, there's not a prayer you can pray to keep that from happening. Okay, But anything else, God is looking for an invitation. And so whatever circumstance or situation you've got going on, if it's something that, that, that's in your authority to speak to, start speaking to it. Using your God-given delegated authority for that circumstance or situation to change. If it involves other people, then start praying about it. And how do you pray? You pray according to the Word of God. You pray to the Father... The scripture's plain. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. 
And you know when you go to the Father in the name of Jesus, it's just as powerful as Jesus going to the Father. I mean, you're, you're going in the... If I have power of attorney over Rusty, and I go to take care of Rusty's business, it is, the business is done no different than if Rusty were standing there doing it. Because I have the documentation that says I can be there in his name. And what you hold in your lap is the documentation that Jesus gave you. He looked at those guys and he said, I've given you power to tread on scorpions, snakes. He was talking about spirits. In the spiritual realm, I've given you, I've given you authority to do these things. Well, then go in my name. Go in my name. So when you go to the Father in the name of Jesus, I know we, we tag that little line on there sometimes without thinking. But Father, this is the circumstance. This is where I need your divine intervention. I'm partnering with you. I'm giving you an invitation to move into this circumstance. You don't have to use all these words. I'm just using more of them to make sure we have understanding. If you, if you tell me to do anything, I'll be obedient to do it. I submit my will to you. And, and let God go to work. And know that when God deals with people, it's not much different than when you deal with people. Sometimes it takes some time. Because he's not just changing an action. He's changing a heart. And so sometimes he has to bring people across their path. Sometimes he has to get the right book into their hands, the right song for them to hear, the right message for them to hear, the right love to be shown to them, the right forgiveness to be given to them. You just don't know this whole... Because people are so complex. And we think we're going to pray a prayer and a wishy-washy prayer on top of that, one thrown up in hope and desperation that God will change this person, the situation, and that you're going to wake up the next morning and, and you've got a new husband or a new wife. But change, change has to take place, and we have to give God that opportunity by inviting him into the circumstance. Let's do that. Amen? Whatever your circumstance is. And we'll have, listen, I know we say this after every service nearly, but I mean it. The people that we have stand up here when service is over that are up here willing to pray with you, I don't have them up, up here except for one reason. They know how to pray. And so when we give you that opportunity at the end of services, I encourage you to use it. Because if you can go home and pray, then you may be totally comfortable doing that. But if you need the strength of agreement with another believer, if you're not sure how to pray, then come up and let somebody pray with you. Now, the best way to pray is, is to use Scripture in your prayer. And if you need help with that, you can Google scriptures. I mean, you could do it on your phone. You could, there's really no reason for us not to be able to find things. But if you need help, I have some great books on prayer. All of the power of a praying wife, power of a praying husband, praying a, 
uh, Power of Praying Parent. All of those books are excellent. There, there's several of the faith ministers that have out books of prayers. Prayers that avail much comes to my mind. It's an old book, but it's a powerful book if it's still even in print. Um, prayers that avail much. Isn't that what it's called? Okay. And uh, by Jermaine Copeland. And there's several that you can get that have the prayers for you with the scriptures so that you can learn. It's okay to read a prayer if you mean it when you say it. Because I know some people feel really dumb, like, I don't, I'm reading a prayer. It's better to read a right prayer than to pray ignorantly. So, and you know what? God's so gracious. He'll teach you. Don't, don't not pray because you're afraid you'll pray wrong. Just start talking to God. But if you've got tools to use, let's use them. Amen? Y'all can stand. Those babies get my attention. They're really distracting for me. I know. He's cutie. Even if he does look like his daddy. Isn't that right, Doc? <laughs> oh, these babies. I'm telling you, it's important to know that you have authority. With, the, with your babies, with your kids, uh, but that you have the authority to speak things. That's when we taught the blessing several weeks ago. Uh, if you, all right? Father, I thank you for your word that tells us who we are. And I know it's a stretch sometimes for us to realize that we were made in your image and after your likeness, but we're working on it. And I just thank you that we weren't put down here to be chess pieces on your game board. The way religion has made people think that you're just up there moving things around and we're just stuck without any say and without any authority and without any responsibility. But Father, you, you wanted us to rule and reign and enjoy it. You wanted us to rule and reign as you rule and reign in the earth. And so we repent of silence in circumstances and we we start making an effort to invite you in whether it's by us commanding things in the earth or whether it's us praying about circumstances people and situations we want you involved partnering you've got the power and we have the right to invite you in and that's a wonderful combination so for the things that people have been praying about for a very long time that have caused disappointment because of delay, Father, I just ask that the Holy Spirit stir this message up on the inside of them. Not to back off, like we talked about last week, not to back off from your promises, but to make sure the invitation is open and leave it open for you to do your work. We trust you because you're nothing like the world thinks you are. You are faithful. You are true to your word. You're trustworthy. And when we ask you to get involved, we will trust that you are at work. And we thank you and give you praise for the things that are going to start this day because of an invitation that will be made in Jesus' name. Amen.